Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Golic and Smetty here. And this will probably be controversial. I'm a big mac and cheese guy. Welcome to Golic and Smetty. I'm Mike Golic Sr. She is Jess Matana. She is back. From vacation, Jess, you go away. We have so much to talk about. A lot of people are saying how this kind of, it's leading into June, that quiet month when it all kind of shuts down until uh, training camps open in July. But man, it is, it is playoff action time. It is, it is vacation time, which we're going to get to because in vacation, a lot of people fly places. We have a inc- great debate that went on on Twitter uh, with flying and, and <laughs> some things dealing with that. Uh, but first and foremost, your vacation tied in with a sporting event, did it not? It did, Mike. And it was a road trip, not not a flight for me. So we, we can get into that, too, if, if you want to. Lots of popcorn was eaten on my trip. That's a teaser ah, for later. Ah, yeah. But um, I was in uh, Hilton Head last weekend for the RBC Heritage Golf Tournament. It was my first time going to the tournament. I've gone to the course before, um, but it was pretty much – probably the same weather of the masters the day I went, like it was uh, oh. drizzling downpour raining, disgusting out. They suspended play for like a couple hours, but it was really fun. It was a really nice event. I was like super impressed with how it was all set up and organized. Usually like you go to a sporting event and you have to do, you know, the parking and then take the shuttle and it's all kind of a show. This was so well organized. So it was really fun. Um, I barely saw any golf though because I really? was at, I was at the concession tent like the entire time. Yeah. So you were you were you were drinking. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, no, that's that's fair. I wasn't saying that in a negative way. So <laughs> what I, else I, was I supposed to do? Oh, that's exactly right. Well, we're <laughs> going to get into that. But so when when we were here for the Super Bowl and also the waste management, we had to travel to that, and it wasn't even one of the. <laughs> days of golf I think you went back for a day of golf so I did but that was well you're saying where you were was a lot easier to get to than what we went through right I probably walked the day that we went to the day that we went to uh, TPC together I probably walked like two miles the day I went back by myself I probably walked like five and my and not, I only went to one hole. I didn't walk the course. Like I usually, you know, when you go to a golf outing, sometimes you, you walk maybe four or five holes. You kind of stake out a spot that you sit right. at for a while, at, either at like a, a tee box or whatever on the fairway at a, at one of the holes. But 
Um, I walked so much less, which to me was the big win of the day. Um, and they had concessions and drink tents like all over the place. So you didn't have to walk far to get like a barbecue sandwich or a beer or whatever. Mm. And then the, the main reason that I went to this event was cause I wanted to check out the merch tent. Um, the whole thing with the RBC heritage is like, everything's plaid, but it's like this red plaid right. that everyone yeah. wears. And like the starters wear these like goofy plaid, yeah. like culottes. Um, and it honestly gives me PTSD from my high school uniform, but I wanted to check out the merch. I got a cool water bottle, so I was pretty happy with the whole event. I think Matt Fitzpatrick ended up winning you think? Uh, in, in a playoff, yeah. but I'm not sure. Jordan Spieth, I think I, I saw on Sunday Jordan Spieth <laughs> uh, blew a, a putt on 18 to win yeah. the match, but I was passed out because I was also at a wedding this weekend. So oh. I, I fell asleep yeah. listening to the final round. And it was one of those naps that started at like probably two thirty and ended at like six thirty, and I woke up and thought it was the next day. So that yeah. was my that was my week. That was my vacation. I saw the the pictures from the wedding. I didn't realize you you kind of squeezed the golf in that walking oh, yeah. around, so I could see how you would be tailing off a little bit. Yes, Matt Fitzpatrick <laughs> did win uh, in a playoff. How exciting! The, I'm sad I missed it. The third playoff hole with Jordan Spieth, and you're right, Jordan rimmed out a putt on 18 that would have won it. He actually raised the putter like it was going in and thought he won, but it didn't. Then he lost on the third playoff hole to- to, And Mike, the payout was like $3.6 million for the winner. That's an expensive putt. By the way, uh, John Rahm got 3.2 million to win the Masters. But -hmm. what they're doing is the tournament following a a, a major they're making the purse bigger. Like this purse was $20 million because nobody would ever show up to this golf tournament. No one would show up to the travelers after the U.S. Open in Hartford. And when I was living there, it was always like <laughs> if they got one major star, they were happy as hell. But nobody showed up because it was after a major. So now they're making the purse bigger to entice people to go to these. And seven of the top ten players in the world were at the Heritage. Yeah, it, so, was, it was a great field. It so was it, super yeah. cool. I mean, I, we, cool. we saw all of them. I think Rory ended up having to pay a fine because you're so, only allowed to withdraw from a certain amount of these events now yeah. unless you have, like, an excuse. So I thought that that was interesting that they're doing that now. So they have this thing called a player's impact program, and it basically it goes by your popularity. You basically – I don't know the, the full equation of it, but you get paid extra money on the tour based on some equation for the player um, – the, the, the player impact program. Tiger gets the most. He's the most popular still. So somehow they figure why, out he yeah. gets the most money. Rory was second with $12 million. You get two-thirds of it at the beginning of the season, and the rest is held until you play all your scheduled events. And you're mm. only allowed to miss one. Rory had already missed one this year, and then he missed the Heritage really without giving an excuse. Now we'll see if they take care of that down the road. So the last three million of his twelve million is now being held, and he if he doesn't give an excuse, he won't get that three million. That's when you know you're making a lot of money, Jess. When yeah. you knowingly skip an event that you know will probably cost you three million dollars. That's when you know things are going okay for you. I would just say I have a tummy ache. No one can prove that you don't, right? Well, that's the thing. You can get out of it with an excuse, sickness, or something like that. Tummy ache is always a good excuse. If you're late for work, tummy ache. Yeah, but but he didn't seem seem to give one because you're right. You can't really question it. 
He just knew he was going to eat three mil. By the way, they're stopping this for next year. They're not making it like you can only miss one event of the 17. You have to make 16, supposedly. They're stopping this for next year. They're not making that a criteria. So hmm. he wouldn't lose his money next year like he did this year. But uh, congrats to Fitzpatrick. I'm glad you didn't fall asleep on the course like you did at home. I've been to one tournament. It was close. It was now, close. <laughs> do you, so you walk around and watch different golfers or do you, did you stay in one spot? We usually, so I stayed in one spot for maybe like 30 minutes. We were right by, I think it was uh, number nine, like at the turn. And then there's a putting green right behind it. So it was a good area. There were golfers coming in from the range, going to the putting putting green and then coming off of nine. Uh, so it was a really nice, like little triangle, lots of action happening there. So we were there for a little bit. And then we walked kind of around 16, 17, 18, which is right on the water. It's so pretty. It's such a pretty course, and this course winds through, like, neighborhoods where people live, so there's all these people kind of, like, tailgating out on their balconies and stuff. It's really interesting. So we we did that, and then, you know, that's when the rain started, and I sprinted away to another bar. Was there or is there a golfer that would be on a course that you're on that you would follow around? You say, oh, my God, this is who I want to see, and I'm going to follow that person around. That's a good question. Um, not really, but anyone who's playing well that day is, is who I want to follow, right? What if like, Tiger that, was there? That I'm staying as far away as possible because there's going to be too many people following him. I don't like right. to deal with crowds. I, I, and I know that sounds antithetical to going to a golf tournament where you're basically just standing in a crowd the whole time. But that crowd, I, I think I've, I might have done that um years and years ago i went to a, i think a Ryder cup that he was playing in and it was just absolutely bananas but now yeah. in my old age like i i tend to stay away from the big crowds maybe follow around someone who's a little bit more you know underrated you're are you 28 yep in your old age <laughs> you, I, don't, you need, I don't deal with crowds anymore mike you know Come you, on. you need to shut the hell up is what you All need right. to do okay i'm 60 so talk about this you can do age. the show by yourself for the rest of the time uh, so I know, okay. and i know you could because uh, i that's, know yeah you're very used good to, at that used to used to my <laughs> mouth bleeding a lot of words so let's do that you know we talk a lot about our our generational differences you again for those that may not know just graduated notre dame in 2016 that's when my youngest daughter sydney graduated from Notre Dame and I graduated in 1985 so there is a big difference in our age so some of our thought processes are different and you Jess live in the world your world and 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 even players even people younger than you this is the Twitter Instagram this is the social media world okay I did Mm -hmm. not have this growing up but the one thing I do like about the social media is when a interesting scenario comes up to where people are, and, and the best kind are when people are on both sides, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of it. So something popped up um, on Twitter, and it has to do with a with a Major League Baseball pitcher who pitches for Toronto, Anthony Bass. I don't know if it's his wife. I know it's it's wife or or girlfriend, whatever. Um, Sydney Ray uh, James. It's James Decker. The the sister is the oh, famous yeah. one. Oh yeah, right. On uh, Jesse Instagram James Decker, and, yeah. I think this is this is her sister, uh-huh. and she's had a, a and there's two kids. She's five months pregnant, and they have a five year old and a two year old. The wife was on United Airlines, five months pregnant with the five year old and the two year old, and supposedly the airline gave out popcorn, which I had never seen before. I'd never seen an airline give out popcorn, and 
Yeah, what if someone chokes on a kernel in mid- flight? It's a terrible a, airplane snack. Well, plus, plus, it's a messy snack, which leads to this issue. <laughs> is is there two and five year olds eating popcorn? So a lot of it's going to end up on the floor. That that's a given. And now, supposedly, according to Anthony Bass, from what she told him, who was on the flight, is I keep saying his wife, but I'm not sure if it's his wife or not, saying that the flight attendant came by with a bag and said, "You have to clean this up." Mm-hmm. And and Anthony Bass, who wasn't there, he wasn't on the flight then, went off on United Airlines. I, do you have mm-hmm. the Do you have the tweet there? I'll pull it up. Yes, but essentially, it was like, uh, let me read it. The flight attendant at United just made my 22-week pregnant wife, traveling with a five-year-old and a two-year-old, get on her hands and knees to pick up the popcorn mess by my youngest daughter. Are you kidding me? And then, like, exclamation point, question so mark. he is basically saying, and we all see the cleanup crews going on the planes when we get off the planes. Yeah. And he basically is saying they have people that do that, that clean up the plane. And yeah. this and that they should do and, it. Right. And, and the, the, the mother who was pregnant. And listen, I've, I'm obviously not a woman. I've never been pregnant. She's five months pregnant. The flight attendant doesn't know. If it, now, everybody, not everybody, her sister and, her, and Anthony are calling her high risk. I mean, the flight attendant has no idea if she's a high risk pregnancy. She doesn't know that. And five months pregnant. I mean, there's a mess on the ground that your kids made. This may be the generational thing in me is clean it up. We, yeah. we would have, well, I would have had my kids on the floor, not, and again, all I <laughs> make your kids need, clean it up is the well, best. Well, I mean, well, what should have happened. <laughs> not, not really the two-year-old, the five-year-old, listen, make something fun out of it, you know, or you pick up some, the five, she picks up some, but you make an attempt to clean it up and not just say, I can make whatever the hell mess I want and somebody else is responsible to clean it up. I mean, so again, I've had three kids. I've been through this at restaurants. When they make a mess, me and my wife try and pick up as much as we can. And when the kids started getting older, made them pick it up. But there's still going to be a bit of a mess. That's why we tipped like crazy, uh, quite <laughs> honestly. Um, but I, in this one, my opinion, Jess, is that they should have cleaned some of it up. I'm not sitting there saying they should have picked every teeny tiny kernel up, but they should have made an effort to clean it up and to make that effort to make it cleaner, and then the, the people cleaning the plane would have finished it up instead of just bitching that, oh, my God, you're asking my, to clean it up. I mean, like, and again, I, I'm prefacing this by saying my wife said this. My wife has, has given birth to three children. So I'm not saying this. My <laughs> wife, who has given birth, said this. She said, I'm sure that five-month-old or, or five-month pregnant uh, woman, when something falls on the floor at home, she bends down and picks it up. So, you know what, you can, you can pick it up, pick up some kernels on a plane, you can have your five-year-old pick up some of the kernels on the plane, make the attempt, and then we don't have the situation it's, instead of just bitching about it. It's just very, it's, so this tweet has 58 million views. Like, yes. this is perfect, like, Twitter fodder where you post something like this calling out, like, someone that works in the service industry, and you're asking to get people to on you essentially or like just to dump on your tweet because everyone has opinions on airline etiquette flight etiquette restaurant etiquette like some of the most viral tweets that i see people getting yelled at are about tipping are about like how to act in public basically and this is coming from a guy who i'm sure makes millions of dollars and is incredibly wealthy and and you know it just it just reads as very like 
come on, really? Like, are you really going to call out United for this? And then there's a picture that accompanies it, and there's, yes. like, giant kernels all yes. over the ground. Yes. Like, whole pieces of popcorn. So, yeah, he got absolutely eviscerated on Twitter. I never even heard of this baseball player, which is, like, this is, like, the whole, like, main character syndrome of, of social media. You don't want to be the main character. You don't want people to find out who you are because you tweet something stupid. And my advice, just to anyone who's listening to this, if something truly like heinous happens in your life and you need to call someone out and the only place you can do it is on social media to get justice, go for it. But if you think that in any way it can be misconstrued, don't tweet, don't do it. Don't do it. Well, what's your opinion? Should they have cleaned some up or just let the the crew clean? Yeah. I, I mean, it's not like, yeah, the crew comes in and they clean up like little messes and stuff, but I'm sure the airline is on a tight schedule. They have to turn over the aircraft super quickly so just be polite and like do as much as you can like you said i mean obviously you're not going to get you don't have a a vacuum you're not going to get all the tiny pieces off the ground but like you said maybe like ask your kid to help out ask someone else if there's anyone you're traveling with to help out like do your best be polite and if the flight attendant's like hey can you pick that up like try to reason with them and be like hey i'm i'm super pregnant do you think you could help me out maybe there's an amicable like reasonable uh compromise that can be made and it doesn't have to become like a contentious thing where your husband then calls out the flight crew yeah. who pretty much does probably what they always do, which is tells people to clean up after themselves. Like, I just think like in, in general in public, just be reasonable with people. Like the flight attendants are trying to do their jobs. They got 300 right. people on this plane. They're trying to get them in and off. People don't yeah. know how to put in their luggage. Right. right. They don't right. know what seat to sit in. Like they're ah. dealing with people all day who don't know how to behave. This is probably just the, the, the tip of the iceberg for this yeah. flight attendant. Who's probably like, ah, oh, Jesus. Now I have to yeah. clean up some, two-year-old or five-year-old's popcorn give me a break yeah come on i'm completely with you i think the one of the best tweets out of this so again anthony bass is a pitcher for toronto he's pitched a little over seven innings this year uh his era his era right now is um 7.36 his era is 7.36 and there was a tweet that said not surprising this coming from you who's used to people cleaning up your mess with that ERA. Oh, that was God. a phenomenal tweet. See, that's the other thing. If you're going to yeah. be a, a yeah. pitcher who's going to, you yeah. know, do this, you have to be like Max Scherzer. You can't be, you know, someone with a high ERA. Like, you have to be an ace. You can't tweet something like this because you know you're just going to get roasted. Just that's stop that. tweeting. That Just everyone stop tweeting. <laughs> so true. So true. All right, we're going to jump off the airplane and onto the basketball court and the ice as there is hockey and basketball playoffs going on right now. And is there more news actually off the court and ice than on? We'll discuss that next. All right, it's playoff action going on right now. We're right at the beginning of it. We're a couple of games in, Jess, in the NBA were, uh, as a taping of this, and one game in in hockey. Uh, I, I want to start with hockey because, to me, it's real simple. The Boston Bruins ran amok this year. They had the best regular mm-hmm. season record, won the President's Trophy for the best record in, in all of hockey. They, they destroyed everybody. They won their first game uh, against Florida 3-1. to one. They're, they're the obviously heavy, heavy favorites to win the Stanley Cup. And all I can think of is not only – I'll bring the President's Trophy into it as far as the best record uh, in the sport, but they set a record. I mean, this is, a, this is a historic year that we've seen. So it has to be completely win the Stanley Cup or the season was a bust, right? I mean, it's either or in this case, is it not? 
Yeah, and it's the Bruins. They've won them before. I don't think yeah. fans are are going to be satisfied with anything less than that. It's like, you know, Boston sports fans, Mike, they're used to winning championships every year, every other year. And they haven't won one in what, like three years now, four years? Maybe. Yeah, they're getting sport right. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're like, oh, my God, what a dry track. spell. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So I, I'm wondering, too, the, the, and, and listen, you play games to win them. So I, I'm going to make this correlation, but it's certainly different. Um, so the President's Trophy has been basically announced 36 times. Again, it's the best mm-hmm. record. What team has the best record in hockey? And how many times has the President Trophy winner won the Stanley Cup? Can Just I guess? Eight. Oh, go ahead. Oh, Did eight. you hear it? Eight. Good job. <laughs> I was nice going to guess four. I was going to guess four, though. So Darn eight it. times. Eight times it's happened. Uh, where, where it's doubled up. The last time it happened was Chicago did it in the 12-13 season. The only time it's been uh, done multiple times is by Detroit. Um, so it hasn't happened a lot. So people are wondering, is it the same as when you play the par three tournament at the Masters? You know, instead of <laughs> when you play that par three tournament every year we watch at the Masters, nobody who ever won the par three tournament went on to win the Masters. So people will actually try not to win the par three. And all you have to do is have your caddy, your wife, your kid putt a ball and you're done. Basically. Now there's, now there's something that I could do. Try to not yes. win a par three tournament. Uh, exactly. I wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even have to try. <laughs> just have to be myself. Uh, but listen, you can't do that in hockey, obviously, because you're playing a regular season game and you're playing it to, it to, to win. Still, yeah. to me, uh, so so we'll see. To me, that's really the only story. We'll talk more about it. Again, it just started. But Boston is such a heavy favorite uh, to be, you know, the next team, that, that the, the, the ninth team, I should say, that won both the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup. To me, it gets into, and we'll get to the NBA in a second, but then overtime, because we always say it every year, there's nothing better than, than overtime playoff hockey. So... Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, we, we just say that, is it the best overtime there is in sports? Because So for hockey, just so you know, there's a difference in regular season and playoffs. In regular season, they go three on three for five minutes, and if nobody scores, they do a shootout. That's because it's a regular season. It's 82 mm-hmm. games. They don't want to go real, real long, so they want to kind of keep it short and entertaining for the fans. So three on three hockey, fast, furious, five minutes, no scoring, you do a shootout. In the postseason, it's different. It's five on five, and it's 20-minute periods. And you just keep playing 20-minute periods until somebody scores. It's sudden death, first score wins, but you keep playing regular hockey in the postseason. Do you do you like that, or do you like the kind of the quicker ending to a game? No, I I agree with everyone who says that it's the most exciting. You know, I, I'm, I wouldn't even say most exciting, like, overtime. I'd say most exciting – just thing in sports in general even if you're not a super dedicated hockey fan um watching it is is really special and i've i've had the ability to watch a few overtime playoff games in person i went to um during the blackhawks run that you just mentioned they played i think it was either it might have been the 2015 season um i went to a western conference finals game that went into overtime and it was insane it was like the coolest thing i've ever seen in person and watching the games in person are I think also, you know, some sports you can argue it's easier to watch at home. Hockey, 
it is tough to watch on TV sometimes. It moves way too fast. But, yeah, it's awesome. It's so much fun. And there's already been a handful of overtime games in the in the playoffs so far, and they just started. So, uh, yeah, I would agree with all those people. It's definitely more exciting than overtime basketball or overtime uh, playoff NFL even, yeah. um, which we argue about no matter what every every yeah. postseason. Yeah, so. we do, and you're right about hockey. There were uh, the first four games. There were two overtime games. Minnesota beat Dallas in two overtimes, and the Kings beat Edmonton uh, in overtime. I, I agree. When when I lived here in the mid '90s, doing radio here while I was doing games for ESPN and such, we had Coyote tickets. So we would go. The kids were young. They were they played hockey here as well. And it, here they would call it the whiteout. Everybody had that white yeah. T-shirt on. And playoff hockey, to me, there, there is nothing more exciting. I mean, it is. And I love – I'm one of those, Jess, that likes playing the actual game in overtime. You know, mm -hmm. that's why I've had a hard time with, like, the shootout in, in hockey at times in the regular season, but I get it. But, the, like, the World Cup, instead of them keep playing, they do a, a shootout. And yeah. I've, I've never been a big fan of that. Now – I get it. It's exciting for fans to watch. But is there is there something that is so much more disadvantaged than the goalie in a shootout in <laughs> soccer? I mean, they are at such a disadvantage. Uh, to me, it, it's unreal. And, and I get it. You, I know they say you can't just have them keep playing and playing and playing when they have other games. But I, I do. I, that's why I hate college football overtime. You put the ball in the 25-yard line, you take away the game. You take away kickoffs, punts. You put somebody in field goal position right away. They don't have to work at all for it. I like so, college football overtime, actually. Yeah, I, I, I don't, don't like the new one. I don't like how they now switch it to two-point conversions after After two, a couple though. of attempts. But I right, get right. why, because yeah. like there was a Texas A&M LSU game that went to like nine overtimes and lasted like six hours a couple of years ago. But. Oh, I, I called one with Dave Barnett and Bill Curry. We called the seven-overtime <laughs> game. Uh, yeah, insane. I mean, they, it, it's amazing. In that game, it could be like a 10-10 tie, and then the final score is like 56-52. Yeah, you know, because right. they, they just keep scoring. But uh, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I, I'm I'm more of a, of a fan of continuing to play, and that's what they do in in the NHL in the playoffs it, or in overtime. It's five on five, and they just keep going. I love it. So we'll see where it goes. Quickly on the NBA, we have a couple of teams that are two games in. Philly's two games up on the net. Sacramento is two games up on Golden State. Golden State's certainly not used to this position at all, being down 0-2. Uh, Everybody talking about Philadelphia saying, oh, that was an ugly win. Can they really beat the other teams with an ugly win? I don't care if it's an ugly win. It's a win. Mm -hmm. Listen, in seven-game series, not all of them aren't going to be pretty. So, and it's the beginning it, of the playoffs, too. Exactly. Like, get the ugly ones out of the way early. <laughs> exactly. And, and, if, and if you can pull off a win with an ugly one, more power to you. But, you know, as I mentioned, you know, leading into this, uh, uh, both hockey and, and, and basketball, like I, I, we talked about hockey in the overtime in Boston, the pressure on them, that's more off the, off the ice. That, that, and then for the NBA, the injuries, Giannis Antetokounmpo, man, mm -hmm. he landed on his tailbone. That looks so painful. Now it looks like he may play game two. John Morant from Memphis, they already dropped the game to the Lakers. He got re-injured his right hand in that one. May not play in this next game. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. So he's hurt. Tyler uh, Hero for your Miami Heat down there <laughs> broke his hand uh, in their first game as well. Now, he's not at the status of Giannis and Ja, but still. A but good, he's certainly super a, important to that's that That's exactly team. right. Exactly right. 
And then you have in the game, the game two of Sacramento and Golden State, of which Sacramento won, you have Draymond Green being Draymond Green. He, he, uh, uh, who was it, uh, Demonis uh, Sabonis, ended up mm-hmm. on the ground after a, a play by the basket. And Draymond Green literally stomped on his chest and then pushed off of his chest, jumping over him. Mm-hmm. Got ejected from the game. Again, at the taping of this, we, we don't know if he'll be suspended. We both think he'll probably be suspended. But Draymond Green, I mean, you have the injuries and then you have Draymond Green. And I'll say this about Draymond. I always liked having a teammate, Jess, that was a kind of a line stepper, got close mm-hmm. to the line, was kind of that intimidator. But the other side of it is you have to take the other side of it, and this may happen. He's usually a guy close to the amount of technicals during the year where you have an automatic suspension. Here he does something dumb and gets himself kicked out of a game. So you got to take kind of the bad with the good with a guy like Draymond. And he's claiming that Sabonis grabbed his, his leg, I guess, and, like, that was what happened and, and is trying to defend himself. So I think he's trying to get ahead of any sort of, like, suspension, suspension. by claiming it was, you know, an accident or whatever. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's always always something crazy going on. And I think for the Warriors, it's the first time that they've trailed 2-0 in a series since 2007. Yeah. So they haven't been in this position. This team certainly has never been in this position before. And uh, they're probably, you know, and to the Kings, who have not been a successful NBA franchise of late, uh, not being able to split the series in Sacramento and going back to Golden State now is tough. But they've also had, you know, tough. They've had a tough time winning on the road this season in general, but they've gotten lucky that they only have to travel a couple hours or whatever it is to get from the Bay Area to Sacramento for this game. So maybe they'll be able to turn it around, but it won't be easy without – Draymond if he can't play yeah Golden State has been absolutely 11 and 30 in the regular season on the road they have been horrible yeah you know what I dig with Sacramento I saw the story on it is the light the beam where they kind of hit that button and there's the beam that shoots out of the arena up into the sky it's so it's so weird it is weird but that's why I I think it's cool I've never seen anything like that yeah me neither I need to do an investigation on how that how that started do you think they they are beaming someone up I don't space. know. I, I, you know, even even during the story of it, I'm not sure I actually got the reason of why they're doing it. But it's a pretty cool thing. You know, anything the fans are into now, there's merch with that on it. So it's a it's a pretty every cool team thing. needs a dumb a dumb yes. beam. Yes, I I, I, com- I completely agree. So so we'll see. Again, we're just a couple of games in in some instances the NBA playoffs. But the thing to keep an eye on: John Morant is he not going to be playing? Uh, is he going to miss games with the Lakers already? People think the Lakers are going to move on. What a breath holder if you were a Laker fan when Anthony Davis all of a sudden can't feel his right arm, gets a stinger. You're just waiting for him to get hurt because he usually does, even though when LeBron was out, he was a monster playing well. Mm-hmm. Giannis, what's going to happen with the number one seed in the East, you know, uh, with his back? So good storylines uh, from there, both on and off the court. Great storyline in the NFL. Jalen Hurts got paid what does that mean for all the other quarterbacks coming up with their deals we discuss that next okay mike so the big news of the week jalen hurts signed a five-year extension through 2028 and it's worth 255 million dollars 170 179 million in guarantees so we've been talking about waiting for the other shoe to drop with lamar jackson we've been talking about you know, the Deshaun Watson record-setting contract last year and what that means for the the quarterback market. So now that this has happened, 
where does that set us for this offseason with with Lamar Jackson and all the other quarterbacks? Well, I mean, certainly it starts w- with Lamar because he's the one that hasn't signed or has basically talked about a guaranteed contract. And, and again, we'll get more into the draft next week, which is coming up. We're doing shows uh, from the studio in DraftKings for, for the draft. But this was obviously such monster news in, in the, the case of he is now – the highest paid per average quarterback in the NFL at $51 million a year, just ahead of Aaron Rodgers at $50 million. And listen, th- this guy has, has had a lot of question marks, a guy who had to transfer out, uh, out of Alabama to Oklahoma, and a guy who they were really kind of hedging on, was he actually going to be the quarterback? Remember, going into last season, it was Tua and Jalen we kept talking about, is either mm-hmm. one of them going to earn a long-term deal? And certainly Jalen has, and in the beginning of the season, Tua was as well until the concussion started. Now they'll Mm -hmm. take a wait-and-see approach. But there was kind of a wait-and-see this year for Jalen because they they had acquired to have that 10th pick in the the draft this year just in case maybe they needed some assets to move up if if Jalen wasn't going to be the guy. But he proved to be the guy, so he got paid. So there never seemed just to be a discussion about a fully guaranteed contract. They said they've been working on this for months. his agent, right. Nicole and he, from Clutch. Nicole Lynn. Um, he, so he yeah. got the second most guaranteed money in NFL history. Deshaun Watson with the $230 million, still the first, but 179 obviously like $50 million less than that. Um, but he, I, I mean, I think they they did this right. They He played really well in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. Obviously had a great regular season too, but he's 24. They got it done early. It's not going to be a question mark now going into the rest of the season, going into camp, if they're going to extend him or what the number is going to be. And I'm sure give it a year or two, it's going to look like it was a, a great deal for the Eagles too, because yes. you know that the market moves so quickly, especially with quarterbacks that the number is going to keep just getting higher and higher. Yeah. Com- completely agree uh, on that. And so a lot of people are, and I'm very happy for him. I want a player to get all that they possibly can. And there are those that look at it negatively and say, well, basically he got as much guaranteed money as Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray got like right around 179, 180 as well, right around the same. And remember when you hear that number, that also includes like injury protection. But that, mm-hmm. that's, that's for all, all of these quarterbacks. It includes that. He gets $110 million guaranteed at signing. And then the rest of that is kind of injury protection along the way. And this is, is an extension. So this coming season, this part won't be, I don't think, included in. His cap number is still going to be pretty low this year. Because remember, he was a second rounder. So the first round, any first rounder has a fifth-year option. If you're drafted in the second round, it's a four-year deal with no option. So this would have been the contract year for Jalen Hurts had they not got this deal done. So obviously it sets up for guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert as far as what they're going to go for. But the big question now is Lamar. Is, is Lamar going to see now, while Lamar does have an MVP under his belt, mm-hmm. Jalen has taken this team to the Super Bowl. And Jalen has had an incredible year, is having an MVP year, and then he got, he got injured as well. And he got paid. So is this going to be, and I'm not sure where Lamar is now, Jess, in all of this. At first he wanted that fully guaranteed deal. Now is it he just wants more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson, where give him a $260 million deal and 231 guaranteed, so he's happy with that. I don't know. But either way, I don't think that's coming. I, I do not think 
And I wonder if he is starting to realize, or maybe at the, has at this point, he is not getting 200. If he wants 230 million guaranteed, he's not getting it. At least I don't think he's going to get it. I don't think any team is ponying up that much in guaranteed money just yet. Yeah, and the other big thing for Jalen Hurts was they uh, agreed to a no-trade clause. Right. So that's, a, that's thanks a, for pointing that out. That's Huge. a first. Yeah. So I guess we'll see. I mean, there's been reports from Ian Rappaport that. Lamar Jackson got a deal that was worth around 200 million in guarantees. Right. Um, it's really hard to say like what's going on there because we know Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent, and that's you know generally where a lot of these you know news and contracts kind of leak out. Right. So you know, we'll see what happens, but it certainly it certainly sets you know not it doesn't set a precedent in the amount of guaranteed money because that has already right, been, right, set. been set but it does it does kind of reset um expectations i think for what's going to come next with the knowledge that all the owners uh, are not pleased with the deshaun watson contract oh. because of guarantees and you know fans and players probably can disagree with with that reasoning but that is, that is where it's at. Well, how it should be is owners are saying it's an outlier deal and players are saying it's a precedent. Both sides right. are saying exactly what they should and, and the owners are ticked yeah. at their fellow owner in Haslam yeah. for doing that deal <laughs> for sure. So the, the question a lot of people ask for Lamar is, is this Jalen deal the ceiling for Lamar or the floor mm-hmm. for Lamar? And people are saying, oh, Lamar needs an agent. When Lamar, if if and when Lamar was actually asking for a fully guaranteed contract, you know, if it was five years, two hundred fifty million, fully guaranteed, he wouldn't need an agent for that because that's I want everything guaranteed over the amount of years I'm playing. Mm-hmm. So you don't need an agent for that. Now mm-hmm. I think there's got to be the realization for Lamar. A, he's got no suitors coming after him right now, offering deals that he's not going to get that fully guaranteed deal. And in all honesty, if it's changed to just give me a deal that has more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson, that's not happening either. So now it is a point, and we have seen other players not use an agent before, so it's, it's not like it can't be done. Mm-hmm. But they're always with that quarterback deal that can make it a little bit different because it mm-hmm. involves so much, you know, um, of should he now get an agent now that there's going to actually, I think, be some negotiating in – What's going to be guaranteed? What's fully guaranteed? What's guaranteed with injury? What's signing bonus? You know, how do we make it all work to like most of these deals where they're great for the first three years, then you have to start redoing deals because of where the mm-hmm. salary cap hit is. But um, I, I, that's why I said it in the beginning, and I'll, I've continued to say it through. I think Lamar ends up back with the Baltimore Ravens. And you think Eagles fans are, are happy today? Eagle fans should be happy today. I mean, you know. <laughs> I agree. I, well, because I, I was on a couple of podcasts and people are saying, oh, but will you do that? And then and then you're crushing the cap. And, and I'll always lean back to uh, my friend Andrew Brandt, who was, like, who was in the, the, um, the front office with the Packers when Favre was there and Rodgers was there. So he knows the business part of football. He's, he, and he has said, and I agree, it's a lazy excuse to say they're taking up all the cap space. That's why you have capologists. That's why you have to look over – down the future when somebody has to be paid about what they're going to be mm-hmm. paid. You kind of know the range of it to what they're going to be paid. So, you know, th- that's up to the team to figure it out. And it's a lazy excuse to say, well, the quarterback's making so money, much money we can't build around them. 
So Wait, I, I your quarterback's so good. He has to yeah. be paid a lot. There's like a dozens of NFL teams that want that problem. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and it's amazing. People say, would you pay Jalen Hurts that? My answer back is always, who are you going to get? So what, <laughs> right. if you don't pay him, what are you going to do then? What, what you just were in the Super Bowl, are you not? I mean, Jalen Hurts hit it right. Took his team to the Super Bowl, got a new deal. It was it was awesome. So congrats to him. Um, it, and sure. listen, he's the highest paid right now. And then Justin Herbert will be. And then Joe Burrow will be. Lamar Jackson probably would pass that maybe if he signs before them. But those are the next three that are going to set the next precedent. Just how soon is it going to be until we get a quarterback whose average annual salary is $60 million? I mean, my God. Sooner than we all think. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, it is amazing. <laughs> I, I shouldn't, you know, I made that turn when I was in high school. I was a quarterback my freshman year, a quarterback and linebacker. Hmm. And then I turned into a linebacker and tight end. Maybe I should have stayed at the quarterback position. I made all that. Yeah. Money. I don't know about that. All right. Never mind. Maybe. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> well, congrats to Jalen Hurts. I'm glad he got it. We'll see where the other quarterbacks step, stack up. Again, we'll hit more of the draft next week as we're going to do some live draft shows and have some mock drafts ourselves as we get a whole new batch of millionaires uh, coming into the <laughs> fold. Uh, but coming up, spoiler alert. Is it really still a spoiler alert? Either way, spoiler alert. That's next. All right, so as I said, Jess, we'll cover the draft next week. We'll relive my 10th round day Woo-hoo. being drafted. <laughs> Everyone's going, all, all the younger people, wait a minute, there's only seven rounds in the draft. There used to be more kids, all right? There used to be like 15. There used to be 18. There were so many. Yeah, 18, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so all you kids, there was actually history in sports before the year 2000. Uh, it went on, yeah. I was a 10th yeah, sure. rounder. I was drunk, sober, and drunk before I got drafted. So that was a, was a kind of like you on vacation. Honestly, you know? not yeah. that different. <laughs> not that different at all. <laughs> Did you sleep through getting drafted? Because I would have. I, I, I definitely took a nap. My brother, Bob, brought a, a lot of beer. He was in the NFL at that point. He brought a lot of beer. And that we drank doesn't a surprise lot of, me. We drank a lot of beer because we had time because nobody was calling. <laughs> until I think I got the call around midnight or something. It was really somewhat ridiculous. Well, but, we'll relive that yeah, whole story yeah. again next week. So you said on your vacation you drove. So Because mm-hmm. I was going to ask, when you fly – you download episodes of you know the stuff we always talk about watching yeah. and watch it but obviously you were driving though when if lee is driving and you're not do you watch stuff then i mean honestly like i considered it because spoiler alert we will be talking about the most recent three episodes yes. of succession now um i was not caught up and i knew you told me last week that i had to watch the most recent episode and i yes. just didn't have any time so i was so busy but I was like, maybe I can sneak in a few episodes on the road, but then I thought Lee would get mad at me because he really like Lee doesn't really like a lot of TV shows because we usually watch trash like Outer Banks, but he does like <laughs> Succession. So we waited and I watched it when we got back. But um, yeah, holy crap! What a what a crazy yeah. season of TV it's, it's been. Succession's been incredible. We, I de- that's the main thing we want to get to. But see, you're into Love Is Blind too. Now, Mike, my son Mike <sighs> yeah. and, and Mina Kimes, they both live in LA. They were at the Love is Blind reunion or whatever. It's yeah. like what, whatever show it were, where a lot of the people in the show were there and they were getting ready to play the season finale and Netflix had all kind of problems, I guess, with it. 
Yeah, uh, and, and, the live stream just wasn't working. And it, it's funny right. because I don't know if anyone asked for it to be live or if they were just trying to test how to do a Netflix live stream. But right. it was very highly anticipated because Love is Blind is another garbage show that I watch that my boyfriend hates. So I haven't fully caught up yet because I, I need him to go like out of town on a work trip or something for a few days. Just give me like six hours and I'll watch it straight through and not get up from my couch. But um the reunion is like after the the couples get married or don't get married, they bring back the couples and they all have to sit in the same room and talk about what happened. And there have been some very contentious reunions in the past. And so everyone wants to see, you know, what's going to go down at the reunion. And they were, all the fans were promised you're going to watch it live Sunday night. And then it right. just didn't work. It just didn't oh. work. So they're going to, they're going to, they taped it and I guess they're going to air it later. What a bummer for Netflix on, on that one. No I know, doubt right? about it. Ew. So I, we, we talked about Outer Banks and how we just, we, we just couldn't turn away from it. We should have. I'm on two other ones now. Barry, which do you like Barry? Oh, Barry's great. Love yes. Barry. Bill so Hader is, no Hank is my favorite though. Oh, hilarious. Yeah. This is the last season of it too. Season four. I think Henry yeah. Winkler is great in it as well. So He's, I'm watching that yeah. and I'm watching you which I think is right around season four or something like You're that. You're watching me? What? No, I'm not watching. It's called it's You. Yes, mm -hmm. it was. It was. That's why I didn't laugh. Um, and I know you, you've had that on your list, but you haven't started. That's the thing. If you have it on a list and haven't started, you're probably never going to get to it because there's so That's many things true. that come up. But now, I Love follow is Blind, through. Do you see Love is Blind? I stopped. My wife and I stopped. We watched season one. We would have the group text going on with the other kids because Sydney was into it and Mike obviously uh -huh. is into it and I couldn't do it after season one. It's just stopped. Season I mean, one happened during COVID and like times were hard. There were not a lot of live sports going on at that point. And so me, my boyfriend, his sister and her boyfriend actually were like quarantined, quarantining together at, at that point in the pandemic and watching all the episodes. We actually like wagered on which couples would say I do and which couples would break up before the finale because that's how bleak the times were for us. So there were different stakes at that point. It was really satisfying to our boredom. And now when there's other things like NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs happening, um, it's not really like the top thing on my list. But I am going to watch it because there's always some like absolutely bonkers Thing that goes down in that show because it's an incredibly bizarre premise for a reality dating show and you like the producers know it and that's why they do it because something weird is going to happen yeah i mean it's it's on the top 10 uh for netflix it's number one you know as as anybody who has listened to this or watched this know jess and i do enjoy our shows and we both enjoy succession and oh my gosh now it was two series ago so i feel this isn't really a spoiler alert, is it? I mean, we're, we're within our right. Yeah. It's basically 10 it's days. It's been removed. like 10 days. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, if, if you don't want to, if you're not caught up, I mean, because there was actually another episode after the one we're talking about, um, then you can, we'll give you a second to go ahead and turn it off for a couple of minutes if you want. But in, it was, a, was it the third episode, second episode, third episode? It was, third. It was last week. Logan Roy died. Yeah. I mean, I, I was killed him off. absolutely stunned. He was on a plane going to Europe while Connor, Connor was getting married. So all the other Ugh. kids were at the wedding on a boat in New York somewhere. Next thing you know, Tom is calling the kids saying they're doing chest compressions. 
on Logan on the plane and it doesn't look good. I'll be honest, Jess, they didn't show it at first. They didn't show Logan at first. I thought they were just messing around. I thought they were just what? trying to I I thought I thought this was a Logan ploy to try and get in the head of his Because kids. he would do that. Oh, exactly he right. He would do that. He's a Yes. I think I think they summed it up well in the last episode. I forget it was it was I think his his general counsel who was like he was an old bastard or something he was, like yes. he was an old bastard but he loved you was what yeah. they said to his kids and I'm like yep that pretty much sums him so, up. So would that have shocked anybody if he was faking it to try and get the heads of his kids because they were button heads on the sale and everything? Yeah. So because they didn't show him, that's what I thought and I think that's what they wanted us to believe, but. You know, it turned out then they started showing him and he did die. I, I was stunned. I mean, I, I, was, I, I wasn't sure how this was going to end, but they, this is the last season of it. And now it's for fighting for control of the, yeah. of the company while he's gone. But, oh, man, I thought that was an excellent. And it's amazing how the kids who hated him all of a sudden are blubbering on the phone how much yeah. they love him as they're trying to talk to him while he's getting his chest compressed. Uh, it was, it was, it was a, a great episode. I thought it was good. I'm, I'm a little stunned that this very extremely wealthy billionaire wasn't traveling with a physician after the heart attack scare in the True. first season TBH, but you know what? Maybe he didn't want the, the stockholders and the board to think he was sick. So I'll give right. him credit, <laughs> credit for that. But it, it's been a really good season. I don't know what's going to happen next. Before we, before we sign off, Mike, was Kendall's name underlined or crossed out? Boy, that paper? is a great question, Jess, of the last <laughs> one. Because it started out like it was underlined, and then it went up like it was getting crossed <laughs> out. So was it supposed to be underlined the whole way or started being crossed out the whole way? I think when he made it, which was way earlier when he wrote that piece of paper. I think he was crossing them out. What do you think? Oh, I, I think we'll never know. Well, we won't ever know. The one thing I will say about this series, because my daughter, Sydney, who is another junkie on this stuff, she hasn't started watching it. And mm. I, I don't think, or, or it was someone asking, who's the redeemable character that I can root for? And literally, Jess, I, I can't remember... As that was said, of all the shows I've watched, that I've ever watched one that has zero redeemable characters. There, there is not, name me one. Name me one that you look at and said, man, that's a good person right there. That's, that's a redeemable character. There's not, but I'll, t I'll give you another show. Outer Banks. I knew no you were No redeemable characters. No, no, they're just not redeemable because you hate okay. the show. Okay, you, worst, you kind of like the kids. Worst, worst father, John B's dad or Logan Roy. Which one's the worst father? They're both in the running for worst dad of all time on TV. Well, I, I think John B's because that dad dragged his kid around to, his kid <laughs> should have been killed eight times. But miraculously, right, we'll, go with, we'll go with John Senior then. Yeah, miraculously, these eighteen-year-olds were able to to take out mercenaries and and God. But uh, yeah, not one redeemable character. Logan Roy is gone, so let the battle continue uh, for the uh, for control of the company, and let the battle can start next week as we start hearing names pulled uh, by teams uh, for the draft. Yes, we cover the draft next week. Uh, Another batch of new millionaires, and uh, so make sure you're well rested. We got a lot of names to talk about. See you then.